everybody, and happy Labor Day. Welcome to this bonus podcast episode. My name is Teresa, and I'm going to be your host as we take a deeper look into this upcoming 40 Days of Prayer campaign. And joining me is Pastor Rylan, our senior pastor. Hello. Thanks for putting this together. Thanks to Chris for his help, too. And uh, what are we calling this? Bonus podcast? Yeah. Yes. Do you remember when uh, you'd buy a CD and the last track of the CD, like some artists would put on a bon, they'd put a bonus song, and so the last song of the CD would play all the way through it end, and then you'd have like five minutes of quiet, and then it would bring up some hidden track, or blooper, or something funny, or uh, one artist just put like thirteen minutes of silence on his thing, and then then nothing ever happened. <laughs> Um, I had that on my mind as I was looking through a giant tub of CDs I now have mm-hmm. in my basement that all every CD is on one device that I carry with me all the time. Yeah. But I get What am I going to do? I love these CDs. So maybe we can put this podcast on vinyl for <laughs> someone. I'm sure lots of people will snatch that up. Yeah. So every weekend we hold in-person services and we also live stream one of those services to Facebook into YouTube. Yeah, we're in uh, a lot more places than we were before. And what I love is, I mean, a lot of this is on faith. You know, I look into the camera each week and envision all the people who are not in person and pray for them and uh, worry about them and think about them, but also love getting texts of encouragement of seeing families who are seated together, gathered together, um, people who engage that way. So it's it's also fun to go out into those places and know that people are uh, engaging from wherever they are. Uh, I also love that there are even people who have never stepped foot into our church building that watch our weekend services. I even met a couple this weekend who they've been following sermon series and engaging with our church. And this was their first weekend in the building. And so it's fun to see that happen too. Oh, that's great. Well, it's so fun to watch our online service and hear you ask the people in the room to welcome our online community (laughs) watching with them. But I don't know that everyone has noticed the level of enthusiasm that you bring (laughs) those weekly welcomes. So I put together a little clip to share all the different ways you've welcomed people to church these last few weeks. And so, hey, 1015, would you just give a warm welcome to those who are watching online today? And so, hey, hey guys. Hey, yeah. Hey, what's up? Hey, hey, hello. So I don't know what weekend was up felt right. Was that the... uh, rethinking your your decade message (laughs) (laughs) i'm just excited to welcome everybody and uh i miss them all so much i don't write that stuff down it just comes to me (laughs) i'm sure it does (laughs) okay so the reason we're actually here is to have a conversation about 40 days of prayer now we're asking people to join us for our weekend services and meet with a small group each week so why don't you start with the basics What is so powerful about pairing the weekend service and weekly small group discussion around the same topic of prayer? Great question. Ask people when they learned their deepest lessons in life or grew the most 
And you're going to generally find one of two answers. People will take you to a crisis moment, uh, a desert experience in their life that taught them deep lessons that grew them so much. But there's another time people will tell you about, and that time is when they sought the growth. So they went to school or they did some continuing education or they put themselves in a situation where they could grow. They, they chose to put themselves outside of their comfort zone and grow. And that's what happens in campaigns is it's just making a decision that at this point we're going to grow. And campaigns do that multiple different ways. Uh, they help you build habits. So really growing in discipleship is all about helping people develop strong spiritual habits. Our character is determined by our habits. And far too many Christians never grow because they've never developed good solid habits like prayer and friendship and generosity and Bible reading. Um, But read any decent psychology book and you'll learn that it takes six weeks really to develop and ingrain a habit. You've got to do it every day for three weeks so you become comfortable with the practice and then really stretch that out another three weeks to install it in your life. And so to help people develop spiritual habits, you need an intense period. This is how everything in nature grows. It grows in spurts. Uh, Even in our life, physically, we grow in spurts. And you have a growth. My kids have growth spurts where one day they weren't hitting their head on the table and the next day they were. And that's how we grow uh, spiritually. So uh, we take six weeks or 40 days. The Bible is full of 40-day journeys. And uh, we make the growth spurt 40 days and campaigns build the habits. Uh, They also create focus. So what I love about campaigns is everyone in the church studies the same topic for 40 days. Adults, students, and children all participate in the campaign together. That means entire families are united by focusing on the same topic during the campaign. Uh, So it boosts spiritual growth, enhances fellowship gets whole families moving in the same way together. And then we'll talk about this more this weekend in the sermon, but campaigns have multiple learning styles. So people learn in different ways. And many people are auditory learners. They learn through the ear gate. And those are probably the people listening to this right now, (laughs) um, that people will hear a sermon. But then there's other ways to learn, like you learn through memorizing the Bible verses, through the daily reading that's reinforcing the topic, to discussing it in small group, watching a video on the topic, and then doing things uh, within that. So you don't just study it in a book; you do it, and that's how that's how you learn. So that's what I love about campaigns: is the alignment, the focus, the habits, um, and incorporating several other things around that. Yeah, I love that families are going to walk through this together. Yeah, I hope so. Yeah. It'll, it'll be powerful. Well, y- you've been planning and preparing for this campaign for weeks. And what has been your prayer for our church as you've been preparing? Mm. My prayer is that people would see God as the number one need in our life, like, that we need God. You can get everything else in life right if you don't get God, it doesn't matter. You can handle finances wonderfully, be an amazing parent, have a great marriage. 
do everything right. Do everything right in your job. If you don't get God, it doesn't matter. And many people are, they're playing what I would call a cosmic version of (laughs) whack-a-mole, where a problem pops up and they go, oh my goodness, I've got to solve that problem. Mm -hmm. So they whack-a-mole, they solve the problem. Another problem pops up, they run over there, I've got to solve this problem. Then that other problem again popped up, I got to go over there. And before you know it, uh, 60, 70, 80 years went by and all you did was solve problems Mm. and you lived and died for your problems. And it's like, well, I didn't fulfill my calling, but at least I got my car to the mechanic or, you know, I was never late for a doctor's appointment or it was never late for work or I did all these things. And God is calling us to something bigger than our problems where the most fulfilled people in life, they have all the same problems as everybody else. The difference is they have something bigger to live for. They've recognized their need for God, and they they focus on that thing to where the problems are mere distractions. They're not overtaking their life, and they're living life driven by their calling, their purpose, by their need for God. And that's my prayer for our church, that we would come around that again, that, God, I need you, and I have all these prayer requests and have all these needs but ultimately, what I need and what saves me is is God himself. That's my prayer for yeah. us. Well, I, I think we can be praying that too. And we see God as number one, first thing in our life. And all the other problems line up behind that. Yeah. Well, what should we be praying then leading up to these upcoming 40 days? Well, the other thing that campaigns do is they cultivate exponential faith. So when you uh, study scripture, you discover that God all the time is responding to people's belief. So when you read about miracles that God performed in the Bible, you encounter stories of faith. And God will do in your life exactly what you expect him to do. And that's why we build in a couple weeks to prepare for the series. We didn't just like finish one series, click play on the next. We take a few weeks to breathe here and think about where is my faith? Jesus said, according to your faith, let it be done to you. And so we on ramp here to say, where is my faith? What do I expect God to do? Uh, Because God's going to do what you expect him, expect him to do. And just like, I mean, the 40-day journeys in Scripture, they weren't just tacked on to everything else people were doing in their life. I mean, they were pretty all-encompassing journeys where mm-hmm. God even removed other things for them to experience this. And I think that's one thing to be praying as we head into it is, how can I, what can I remove? And maybe that's already happened because of the time. So many events have been canceled. Things have been scaled back. Yeah. But what can you remove in your life for 40 days that enables you to focus on your faith in God and your need for God and then be able to see where he takes you in that? Okay, that's great. Well, there's a couple key words that we keep hearing from you these last few weeks, prayer and breakthrough. Will you tell us more about the connection between those two words? Love it. Yes. Let's start with breakthrough. A breakthrough is, this is, the dictionary defines it this way. A breakthrough is a sudden, dramatic, important, 
advance. A sudden, dramatic, important advance. So science has breakthroughs. Technology has breakthroughs. Medicine has breakthroughs. I remember several years ago, Lauren and I went to uh, the Air and Space Museum, uh, the Smithsonian in Washington, D.C., and they had the Wright Flyer there, uh, the first successful powered flight uh, with the Wright brothers. Yeah. And that happened in 1903. Um, so they had that, but then they also had all this weird, funky-looking moon landing stuff there, too. Uh, and, I mean, the first the first time humans stepped onto the moon was 1969. And so I was struck with the fact there that, well, I, I say that like I came to this conclusion. They were obviously pointing us to this, <laughs> that there was only 66 years hmm. separating the first successful plane flight and the first moon landing. And there were breakthroughs. There was, I mean, no progressions in flight for thousands of years. And then 66 years of breakthrough that led us to walking on the moon. Now, there were other things that were fueling that, um, painful things like two world wars um, that were requiring these advancements. Uh, I mean, people were racing to be the first one to develop certain things. There was a space race and um, painful things that were causing breakthroughs too. But that's that's how it works. That's life. Breakthroughs tend to stack up. They feed one another. And the opposite of a breakthrough is a setback. But setbacks can be setups for breakthroughs. Hmm. And in Proverbs, it says, uh, sometimes it takes a painful experience mm -hmm. for us to change. Yeah. And God uses pain for breakthrough all the time. Um, we don't we don't change when we see the light. We change when we feel the heat. Hmm. And when the fear of change is exceeded by the pain, when our pain gets worse than our fear, that's when we change. And God allows upsets and pain in our life, confusion, being overwhelmed, outnumbered, under-resourced. The Bible is just full of people who were tested through tough circumstances. But the common ingredient is that those heroes, they became heroes because they overcame by passionately searching for God and seeking out God. And uh, that happens through prayer. Seeking God happens through prayer. Yeah. So that's why this theme has been breakthrough, uh, is that what if God could pull everything together for life, uh, in your life, and lead it to a breakthrough? Even the setbacks could become setups yeah. for breakthroughs. Yeah. Well, and you said when the heat is on, that's when breakthroughs yeah. are near. And I think we can all agree that the heat has been on this yes. year. So we are ready for a breakthrough for sure. Yeah. Well, let's look back at this weekend's message. And it's kind of the first week of preparing um, for 40 days. And this, this last weekend you talked about the Lord's Prayer being Jesus's response to the disciples' request in Luke chapter 11, where they said, Lord, teach us to pray. And what should we do with the Lord's Prayer today? Yeah, we're going to teach the Lord's Prayer uh, in this series, uh, especially in your small groups. You're going to get to see that for what it is. And the Lord's Prayer is amazing. It's powerful. It's powerful when it's read and recited and said as it is. 
But when you look at it and you look at the account in Scripture, Jesus' intent with that prayer wasn't necessarily that we would take those words and use those as our prayer and say them over and over again. I mean, he even says, don't say the same thing over and over again. He's really there giving us an outline, giving us directions, and giving us an example. It's a great way to teach something when you give an example. Uh, But the Lord's Prayer is really, it's the directions, and people have turned it into the prayer. Uh, It's like if you got a piece of furniture that you had to assemble, you wouldn't pull out the directions and sit on that or just like use those. No, that those are to enable you to build something, to assemble something in your own life that's going to be helpful to you, that's going to build you up. And also the things that Jesus says in there, I mean, to relate to God as Father, uh, to be part of your prayer, to push back on the enemy, uh, to hallow Jesus' name. I mean, these are things that were radical at the time to the disciples. They didn't know they could pray like that. They didn't know that they could uh, say those things, do those things. So Jesus is giving them permission through this prayer uh, to engage in in a whole new way. Yeah, and I think just that idea of copying the Lord's Prayer and saying that every day, every morning, it's a misunderstanding. And this weekend you also listed uh, four misconceptions about prayer. And these are things that prayer is not. It's not a magic wand. It's not a fire extinguisher. It's not a game of tug of war. And it's not um, there as a ritual to relieve guilt. And I mm. think for a lot of us, those things slip into our prayer life without us noticing. Yes. And if if those things are the things that prayer is not, what can you tell us that prayer is then? Prayer is the simplest definition is prayer is talking to God. And we could give a lot more definitions and training, and we will, but it's meant to be that simple. For Christians, praying is supposed to be like breathing. It's easier just to do it than it is not to do it. If you try to stop from breathing, it's it's difficult. And so uh, it, it's just supposed to be a call from our natural. It's all the pollution, all the misconceptions that get in the way that create barriers for us to simply do what we're called to do on the inside. We have this thing in our heart. Everybody prays. And we have this thing that's drawing us to do that. But we second guess ourselves. We put all this other stuff in the way. When if we would just pray, it's it's a form of serving God and obeying Him. It, it's, it fulfills a command to pray. It's um, exemplified by Christ. I mean, Jesus thought it was worth doing. And so we can too. But it all comes... If we would just do it, if we just pray, if we just respond to that inner desire to simply talk with God. Yeah. Well, you mentioned that so often uh, prayer can become frustrating because anytime um, we stop and pray, all of these distracting thoughts flood oh, our yeah. mind. To-do and I, list. Yes. How many <laughs> prayer times did you fill out a to-do list for the day? <laughs> these are the things I need to accomplish. If I would pray more, I could get more things on my to-do list, I think. <laughs> <laughs> I could think of more of those things. So how can we eliminate frustration with ourselves when this happens? Um, well, actually, I think pen and paper is a great way to do that. And when thoughts come into your mind, just quickly determine, 
is this something that I should pray about, that I need to pray about? And that's fine if it is. Or if it's something like a task that's coming to mind or just a, it is a distraction, having something there that you can just write that down, that, okay, yeah, I got to call this person or I've got to do this thing or I got to take care of this, write it down and put it aside and uh, leave it. And I found if I'll write it down, I know, okay, I'm not going to forget this thing that I was reminded of and I can come back to this after this time and start knocking that knocking that stuff out. Yeah. And I like how you even said this weekend, what if the distraction is the point? What if I need to be praying about that doctor's appointment and and that phone call that I'm going to be making today Yeah, uh, that that I do? I I think that's so true. God cares about what you care about. God cares about what's on your mind. He wants to lead you through those things that you don't have to apologize for having a life and for (laughs) thinking about your life. Uh, God wants to help you with it. Yeah. Well, this has been great. Oh, good. Thank you for joining us, Rockbrook, and thank you, Pastor Rylan. Um, A couple of reminders for you going into this upcoming weekend. You can find a list of small groups at rockbrook.org slash connect or in the Rockbrook Church app. And go ahead and look through that list and find a group that fits you best and contact the leader for more information. This upcoming weekend, you can also purchase the personal study guide for $5. Small groups are starting next week, the week of September 13th, and we can't wait. Yeah. We'll see you soon, Rockbrook. Bye.